Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another great episode of Four Guys Roundtable Show. It is the night of hell in a cell. And yes, I've only watched one match, while the rest of you guys probably watched way more than me. But I'm behind, but that's okay. That's what so we, we call have... the bedroom at night, the hell in the cell. <laughs> <laughs> TMI. <laughs> ah, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm so I'm glad my wife that. does not watch this. <laughs> Right, so she has no clue. What did you say about our bedtime? (laughs) (laughs) And like always, I'm joined by Pat, Aging, Nitro, and Jeremy. Um, He says, how himself, how is everybody doing today? I don't know. Apparently something's happening with cheesy breadsticks or something later. (laughs) That's that's on you, bro. Nothing to do with the other three of us. I don't know. We, we heard something about uh, breadsticks, and then we heard uh, their cheesy breadsticks, and it was like, ooh, what the? <laughs> and cheese can be white, and we know white stuff. Cheese, white, yep, all goes together. So, and once again, we've hey. now discussed that all our female uh, listeners and possible viewers. So we apologize. <laughs> I, I just, I love to watch. <laughs> Pat's face during any of those discussions. <laughs> I just watch him now. They changed the 8 a.m. mass to a Spanish mass, so I'm not doing so good. <laughs> One of the things, I've never had an issue just like talking in regards to that type of topic, sexual orientation, induendos, or whatever, whatever. I like really no filter. But I feel like the older I've gotten, my filter has just been like less and less like, I don't give a shit. I think I'm going to turn into one of those really cool old perverted men. <laughs> I, I'm, I just, I feel it. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm, I, I can't. I want to say I can't wait because I still want, I don't want to be that old yet. But I can <laughs> see myself, 92 years old. Let's see, that's that's like, um, it's like 50 some years from now. Thank God, it's only it's 50 some years from now. Maybe they'll have like those hyper wheelchairs that can go around with like this retractable, like you know the the, the sticks for the uh, the selfie stick. Mm-hmm. And myself, the retractable mirror uh, one, just go around. Hey baby, how you doing? God. As long as you don't have a camera attached to it, I think we're okay. <laughs> Maybe. So what? So, so what? So what? What what you're what you're saying is you're gonna be the person that like mothers are uh, teaching their children the phrase "stranger danger" for. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> They're gonna be like, Julia, do you see that man over there in that hovering wheelchair? He's a bad perverted man. Stay away. Don't take his candy. <laughs> I want candy. Strangers have the best candy. You know, you know, it's funny. Well, my, it's my also son. Halloween time, so candy's going around. I mean, don't know if anybody's actually trick-or-treating, what with COVID, but, yeah, you know. We're having trick-or-treating. Like, they haven't shut it down here yet. They're not, like, there was there was debate about it being shut down, but I think the, the borough people stood up and said, I don't fucking think so. Don't you cancel trick-or-treat on our kids, you bastards. And so they <laughs> I've, didn't. Yeah. I've seen some uh, where people are using, like, PVC piping and, going from like the front door down to like the porch or like all the way down the driveway to the mailbox and like just like a candy <laughs> <and stuff>. that's <laughs> awesome I think, it's, I think it's pretty damn cool people come up with some creative shit for it 
It's pretty insane. Somebody should have like a hand that launches candy at kids, like fires and like fire. <laughs> like you have to dodge um, out. Oh shit! Like, like, the, they have the, the like the t-shirt gun. Like the t-shirt gun. They shoot candy balls at people. Just, just loaded up with candy. Like, hey guys, put your bags up. Get ready. <laughs> shoot all in the air. They're all just, fighting. They're all fighting in the street. You know, they're all well within six feet of each other, fighting for the candy in the street. Uh, Spread the candy love. Spread the candy love. So, oh, two of you, two of you guys, as football teams played the other night. That game was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I don't want. I don't. I won't rub it in Pat's face because that game was not worth rubbing in anybody's face. Watching that game, um, it was just. Um, uh, no, you should. I mean, you know, you're not supposed to blow a double-digit lead in five minutes. So I, I agree, you shouldn't. <laughs> but. Knowing the Giants and how bad they are, and knowing how the Eagles play and how bad they are, I was not surprised to see the Eagles down 21 to 7. Or no, 21 to 10. Sorry, 21 to 10. I was not surprised to see that. What I was surprised to see was actually the Giants implode like that and shoot themselves in the foot like eight, uh, six times um, to well, lose that game. Well, it's, it's, really, it's really not that hard to fathom because. While I believe the Giants' defense has been in P- – and, and like, you know, not all the time, um, but in places and in certain times of certain games better than I expected them to be this year, uh, the very obvious weak part of their defense is their secondary. And they also had a couple of guys who have been playing more significant snaps – uh, the last few weeks who were out on Thursday night. So they had to put back guys into the lineup who they had basically benched. And okay. those were the guys who were basically, you know, fucking up. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But since I know uh, Jeremy and I root for this same team, you know, I would say what was worse, the way that the Giants blew the game on Thursday night or the way Penn State blew their game yesterday. I mean, some of us enjoyed enjoyed the the second part of that. I would say the way Penn State blew it was worse because it was totally and completely on the coach. You know, the Eagles-Giants game, you know, the players blew it more or less. You know, that's, that's really what happened. Um, because again, the, the Giants also had the chance to put the game away. Jones throws that pass to Ingram and it goes off of his goddamn hands. He catches that pass. He could have gotten to the end zone, but at the very least it would have iced the game. Um, Penn state takes the lead then stops Indiana deep in Indiana's own end. There's like a minute 40 left on the clock. Indiana only has one timeout. Penn State, for whatever reason, runs plays, and Indiana lets them score. And then they go up 28-20, but they left too much time on the clock. And, uh, you know, so Indiana was somehow able to drive down the field, score the touchdown, score the two-point conversion, and then they won it in overtime. The call in overtime on Indiana's two-point conversion was bullshit, yes. You know, he did not not reach the damned end zone. Um, But, you know, again, you can't blame the referees because, like I said, Penn State's up 21-20 with the ball in Indiana's, I don't know, it was like in between, like I think it was inside the 20-yard line with a minute 40 to go, and Indiana only had one timeout. All Penn State had to do was take a knee three times, let Indiana burn their timeout, but take a knee three times, then kick the field goal to go up 24-20, 
they would have been kicking off to Indiana with at most 30 seconds left on the clock. Indiana would have had no timeouts and they would have had to drive down the field to score a touchdown to win. They very likely would not have been able to do that. I'm now firmly of the opinion, I've been suspecting this for the last couple of seasons, but I'm now mm-hmm. firmly of the opinion that James Franklin, he's a good recruiter, he's a good cheerleader, and he's a shit in-game coach. <laughs> and I think that after they get their ass kicked by Ohio State next week, because the way they played yesterday, there's no logical conclusion for that game other than them getting their ass kicked. I think Franklin's hot seat better get pretty hot pretty quick because now I wonder if this team's even capable of beating Michigan this season. Yeah, Michigan uh, looked so, Michigan looked good last night. Michigan looked tough. You know, and of course there's there's always the you know the possibilities of course that you know COVID outbreaks will occur and and games will get canceled because they even said like you know if any game has to get canceled because of COVID it's just going to be ruled a no contest they're not going to try to make it up which they can't because of this the calendar and all the other bullshit so you know it was mm. that was that that was that was pretty demoralizing yesterday um you know they they played very sloppy you know missed kicks uh bad turnovers you know a lot of a lot of shit like that mm. uh, a lot of bad tackling so um yeah it was a pretty uh, pretty pathetic performance unfortunately so yeah, i would say i would say that was a worse event for me than watching the Giants <laughs> blow the game that they did on Thursday, because plus plus Daniel Jones created a meme for the rest of the year. So you're goddamn right he did. <laughs> what with his face plant as he's running? Oh, oh. yeah, oh. that was. I, you know, you know, the, you know what the funny thing was? I didn't see that live. Like we were flipping <laughs> channels for some reason uh, at that point. Uh, I don't remember why. I don't know if we turned on the World Series game or if we turned something else on. Um, and we just like didn't get back right in time. Like we were seeing like the end of the replay, and we're like, "What the hell? He fell in his face!" And everybody, so, but uh, yeah, that'll. Uh, Joe, Joe, yeah. Joe said there was a meme the next day of Randy Orton coming in and RKOing him. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there was the, the way the way the, the way the way he stumbled, the way he stumbled and everything, and the fact that you know he fell forward. Uh, you know, then yeah, it, it was perfect then for one of those RKO out of, out of nowhere so there was, and everything. There, so. there was an RKO. There was one with uh, the Seth Rollins curve, you know, the Seth Rollins stop. Um, I saw that one. I'll have, to find, I'll, have one. I'll have to try and find that one. And then there was one where um, there was like, you know how the, the, the their percentage charge of, oh, the score is such and such, the percentage of them winning going up. So you see the chart, it's going up. And then all of a sudden, we get to the peak. You see, like Daniel Jones running. He gets to the peak. He <laughs> like tumbled down the charts to the bottom. I was like, oh my god! The people are on those memes like that after that, like after that play. It was like seconds when that stuff was posting. I was like, oh my god! That's awesome. There was some. <sighs> we had some action on top of the hell in the cell here. But now I was watching that. Pl- I watched that game, and I was watching that play live, and I was flipping the. F- fuck out on that play because I was like how the fuck do you get that fool and then outrun by that slow ass quarterback well he's not slow I mean he's not Lamar Jackson though I think they said he got faster on that run than Lamar Jackson but he's not like he's not like Eli Manning where he's like some immobile quarterback he can move He's just he's not somebody that you're. Yeah, he's, he's just still not somebody that you're going to be calling a that you think that you'd be calling a lot of designed <laughs> runs for and everything. But when they've called designed runs for him this year, they've largely worked. So yeah, 
but he shouldn't be able to outrun freaking D-backs. No, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but that no. just tells you how bad the D-bags, I mean the D-backs for the Eagles are. <laughs> because they're all they're all the D-backs except for I think uh um Jesus um Darius Slay are freaking slow as shit. They're all slow. Even the safeties are slow. Like they don't have any speed corners. It's and it that's sad. Like really sad. Most teams at least have one speed corner, you know, it, which is usually their cover corner. But they don't have Darius Slay's faster, but he's still not like a speed corner. So it's it's just sad watching that. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna outrun everybody, and he would have if he not fell. Like that was the crazy part. He would have outran everybody on the Eagles team had he not fallen. That's oh, yeah. only supposed I mean, to happen he had, with he, he, wide receivers. Yeah, he had, he had an obvious backs. touchdown. So yeah, <laughs> let's let's show the replay ten times of somebody falling off the side of the cage through a table. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just about to say uh, Daniel Jones falling <laughs> falling down ten times. Well, I mean, look at this for, for his for his bad. You've got to you've got to cover for the dead spot, Matt. Yeah. For his bad, I know, it's just playing this year. It's great that the Dallas Cowboys Dallas Cowboys really suck ass. It's yes. They, it they is got man kind of enjoyable. Washington football team today. That was great. They got manhandled. Nice. This they was they, the, got, they got manhandled and, and Andy and Andy and uh, Andy Dalton almost got killed. Oh jeez. Yeah. Like uh, he, he uh, it was it was in like the third or fourth quarter. Uh, and it was one of the few times I watched any football today because you know when days where the Giants don't play, I tend to not care about any other game that's going on. But uh, for a brief time, I was watching some of it and. Uh, you know, Dallas was had like a third and whatever from like inside their own twenty. Uh, Dalton couldn't find anybody open. He broke for a run. For a run, he went into the uh, into the slide, and the uh, Washington player uh, kind of led with his like helmet and shoulder. I don't remember which part contacted, but in real time, it looked very very sick. I mean, because it was like like you know he he's like going for the slide and it was like boom, he hit him so hard Dalton's helmet flew off. Yeah, yeah, see that's he, he, he just that's he just he, he well he got thrown out of the game, and he should have been thrown out of the game. Uh, you know Dalton obviously like when like you know they took their time and like when he was walking off the field then you could tell he was on you know as my dad calls it queer queer street because, <laughs> um and that's that's and that's not no that's not some kind of homophobic slur. No, I'm just um, that's a very I'm odd thing to say. <laughs> I think it's I think it's an older expression too, but no, he had like just that look on his face where you could tell like you know the lights weren't fully on, and that he probably had a concussion. And you know I think they said they put him in the protocol, and I'm sure he does have a concussion. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know if so Dallas because obviously Prescott's out, they had to put in a an undrafted rookie who started his college career at Pitt and finished at James Madison. Uh, it's like, if that's the guy, the Cowboys are going to have to use the quarterback like next week, uh, when they play the Eagles, um, <laughs> Hey, the Eagles, the Eagles might be able to win this division by default because of, uh, you know, giants are terrible. Washington's not much better. And, uh, the Cowboys with, are without their with, quarterback. They so. might win the division with four W's. <laughs> People yeah. have been talking about that. How somebody could have Somebody could five, win the NFC East with, only four, with only four wins, and I'm like, yeah. you know, they're even talking, I can't see it being that pathetic. But they're talking, the Eagles, they're talking about the Eagles going six, nine, and one, winning the division. It could happen. I mean, yeah, because if they beat, seen, yeah. if they win the rest of their division games, they go six, they get six wins. Yeah, I mean, so they could, they could, they could do that, lose every other game they play, and yeah, they'll, they'll get yeah. in because they're just. <laughs> Hey, you know, assuming, the, of course, whoever gets the, 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 
Whoever gets to play that division winner in the first round, that's like a bye. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but I mean, so there's, there's two buys in the NFC this year. <laughs> I mean, it's, ha- it's happened a couple times now where we've had uh, a sub-500 team make the playoffs because yeah. of the, the four-division format or eight-division format, if you want to you know, look at the entire league. But, like, uh, I think Carolina was 7-8-1 the one year. It wasn't Seattle 7-9 and nine the one year. Was that year. bad that this, like, five wins, so, yeah. though, or not? Yeah, I mean, well, that's just it. it we're, it's, it's Now it's like it's Never been a race to see if they can be, if, if they can, you know, be worse than, like, those teams. So uh, that'll be, uh, that, that'll be interesting. Well, I think I know what just happened. I guess Matt's feed's a little bit ahead of mine in terms of watching the pay-per-view, so don't say anything. <laughs> his, fa- his face says it all. <laughs> yeah, I know his face says it all. I don't know why he, he thought Orton was going to win Cheerios. this, <laughs> uh, he He does win, Pat. Oh, that's worse. I wanted Mac. I didn't want Orton to win. I think he's a piece of shit. That makes no sense. Right. Why would you have three matches and let one guy win the first two? Well, yeah, that's okay. Let, let's let's uh, let's see. Maybe who knows? It'll happen. Uh, no, it probably uh, won't happen well. now. But all right. So with that, yes, Joe. <laughs> no, go ahead. Nope. Okay. I was going to say. Should, I say. I was going to say. Should we get this party started? Should we actually? Let's get into our full-on podcast here. Get on our topic. Sure. So Theo, what are we talking about? We are talking about women's professional wrestling. Yeah. Woo! Kick them ladies. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. Yes, indeed. So we're talking about ladies wrestling. All right. So, or we should say more preferably women's wrestling. Um, and we're kind of probably, we're going to, we're going to have Darth Pat definitely weigh in on this quite a bit. Cause we're going to, we want a little bit of history, not a crazy history story, but a little bit of history in women's wrestling. Because uh, we all know that it has come a long goddamn way from where it was. Especially in the like, last five years. <laughs> yes, in the last five years, and even more so from where it started with like the fabulous Moolah and uh, those uh, ladies who paved the way for women's wrestling. It's come even a long way from there. I mean, it's leaps and bounds from there. So, Darth Pat, you want to start us off with a little quick history for women's wrestling? Okay, okay. So back in the day, when professional wrestling was still regarded as being professional wrestling and was still thought of as basically, you know, like a carny actor, a sideshow, uh, you know, kind of uh, deal. Uh, women's wrestling was a sideshow of a sideshow, I think, in a lot of ways. I'm not sure anybody ever really took it seriously back in the day, despite the fact that there were a lot of accomplished women wrestlers. Um, WWE's history with it is, you know, it's it's hard to trace because just like as an example here. Okay, so the Fabulous Moolah, first one, has been regarded as the the first WWE Women's Championship, one which they retired in 2010 when they replaced it with the Divas Championship. Um, Don't say that yeah. with too much disdain there. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, Jim, Jim. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get I to felt, that terribleness soon. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we will. Anyway, <laughs> um, so so the fabulous Moolah's reign with that championship, and she is regard, uh, recognized as the first champion of that, began on September 18th, 1956, okay? Mm-hmm. Very long time ago. <laughs> yes. Well, the point to this is that 
WWE recognizes her reign as being uninterrupted until she lost the title to Wendy Richter at the Brawl to End It All on July 23rd, 1984. So I want to jump in there with a quick comment. And this is from when I watched uh, Dark Side of the Ring, Fabulous Moolah's Dark Side of the Ring. She purposely did not lose that. Like, she pretty much put her foot down and somehow, some way, made it that she was not going to ever lose. And even when she lost to Wendy Richter, she was not supposed to lose. Like, she was very, very pissed that she was... The title was removed from her waist. Like, she had a very... You know, the women give her credit. Like, the women who trained under her gave her a lot of credit, and so do a lot of women that came after her. But they also say that she was a fucking bitch and like <laughs> just had this huge ass ego that nobody should be better than her which is kind of crazy yeah uh, Continue, I, no that's fine that's great uh, you know not, uh, information I, I'll admit the Fabulous Moolah is the only Dark Side of the Ring episode I have not watched um, I, I guess because I felt like I wasn't very interested in it I should probably mm-hmm. go back and check it out because I know a lot of what the allegations and accusations against her are, but to what you say, there is some truth to that. Now, like I said, WWE doesn't recognize her reign as ending until Wendy Richter beat her in 1984. If you go to the, a Wikipedia article, which is list of WWE's women's champions, 1956 to 2010, um, it shows that she lost the title on four separate occasions throughout the sixties and seventies. Listen to how many days she was without the title in each of those four times. Mm -hmm. 13, 23, 2, and (laughs) 2. So Sasha Banks Banks must have had the title then because that's how long her reigns have lasted. (laughs) So every every time she, she, uh, you know, she lost the title, you know, she basically won it right back. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And, of course... You know, regarding Wendy Richter, so Wendy Richter, again, like I said, she won it at the Brawl to end it all. She lost it to Leilani Kai uh, in early 1985 at the war to settle the score, and then Wendy Richter won it back at WrestleMania 1. And then, of course, later in 1985, when Vince was having disputes with Wendy Richter, they did what a lot of people regard as the original screw job, yes. where Wendy Richter was wrestling a masked wrestler called the Spider Lady <laughs> at a live event in New York. And I don't think Wendy Richter was told what was going on in any way, shape, or form. She wasn't told like what was going to happen in the match. I think she was told she was going to win. I don't think she was even told that it was Mula under the mask. But Mula, Mula got her in a pen, and there was like a fast count. And then she like ripped the woman's mask off, and it was Mula. Wendy Richter realized that she had been screwed. She went backstage and quit, and that was it. Mm-hmm. She never came back to the WWF until they inducted her into the Hall of Fame. But there was kind of a funny thing there where, again, it was like, well, if all people were to lose it to, it was it was fucking Moolah again. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so that's the thing. Like, I don't know too much, unfortunately, about women's wrestling, you know, prior to like the 80s, especially if it's not WWF related. I know if you look at WWE's Legacy Hall of Fame, because, uh, you know, Fabulous Moolah, of course, is in the, the proper Hall of Fame, uh, as is Mae Young. Uh, in terms of like older wrestlers, but in the uh, 
you know, in the Legacy Hall of Fame, there's Mildred Burke and Cora Combs and uh, June Byers and uh, uh, Judy Grable, who were all, I guess, pretty prominent back in those days. You know, I would encourage people to, to look them up. There's some interesting stuff about them. But, hmm. you know, again, um, you know, women's wrestling, again, wasn't really thought of as much. So it wasn't thought of much in the 80s either, because after Moolah lost the title to it was Velvet McIntyre then in 1986. Who? <laughs> <laughs> well, she she was somebody who was there again for, you know, a couple things. Uh Moolah lost the title to Velvet McIntyre, won it back from her six days later, <laughs> and then she right. held, and then she held it again for like another year before she lost it to ten, to uh, Sensational Sherry. Oh, uh, at least by, I know that name. Yes, yes, and by that <laughs> time they kind of made Moolah a face because she was like a legacy, and Sherry was kind of always a heel. Yeah. Um, you know, as a, as a character for the most part throughout her entire career. Uh, but then there's one other champion after Sensational Sherry, who was Rockin' Robin, who was the real-life sister of Jake the Snake Roberts and Sam Houston. Um, she won the title in late 1988, and it just basically disappeared then. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember a lot of women's wrestling in the late 80s to early 90 what 394 maybe when they started no, bringing was, back a little yeah, bit yeah it was they didn't bring back the women's title until late 1993 when medusa who of course was a wonder in wwf uh you know she came to wwf after stints with wcw and other you know territories uh i'm pretty sure she was in awa for a time you know she came in and they're like okay let's do women's wrestling again and that lasted about two years. You know, they, they brought in like Bull Nakano, which, who was, you know, always like a, a highly regarded, you know, Japanese woman's wrestler. You know, she was, you know, for a women's wrestler, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like massively sized. So she was like, you know, the, you know, like the super heavyweight, if you will, like, like that, that yeah. one wrestler, when you look at her, it's like, oh, my God, how the hell are you supposed to beat her, you know? Uh, and she had a pretty distinctive look, which I always remember when I was, like, a little kid, I was kind of scared of pictures of her. <laughs> uh, you know, she had, well, you know, she had, like, this, like, you know, like, like mean look, and she had, like, the spiked hair and everything. So, uh, you know, she looked like somebody who you were supposed to be frightened of. So, um but, you know, they didn't really have a lot of opponents for Alundra Blaze. It was, you know, like I said, they brought Bolnacana win, and they had Bertha Faye for a while. May she rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't really ever establish much beyond that. Like, and the most interesting part of that was, like, at the original Survivor Series, they had enough women for a five-on-five Survivor Series match. They tried another one again. I think it was at the 1995 Survivor Series, I want to say. But I think half the women that they had in that match hadn't really ever been on WWF television prior to that. I could be wrong. That was always the perception that I had. So, again, they basically, you know, they, they kind of didn't care about it anymore. And then, of course, Alundra Blaze shows up on Nitro in December of 1995. And, you know, with the WWF women's title and live on air, drops it in a trash can. Well, if I yeah. want, and if I remember correctly, a lot of those women's matches 
were more about hair pulling and slapping, and they weren't really maybe a body slam here or there. But I don't want to say they were real like intricate style Technical wrestling matches. matches. They weren't. Yeah, they, were. they they mm. didn't have what I remember of them is that they did not have a lot of sophistication. Uh, you know, I just don't think again Vince really ever had you know a lot of time or care for it. And I also I've always kind of wondered for I'm going to call her Medusa because to me she's you know okay. that that was the character that she was played the longest. Um, I always kind of felt like what she thought about her like like two two and a half year stint there in, in WWF because I really think that she probably wrestled more and wrestled better uh, prior to her WWF stint mm-hmm. and everything. She was now, the she, yeah she was ahead of her time. Yeah, she, was, she was like really good at what she did for, and she because there was nobody else for her to wrestle. She would have been fine if she had came along years later. She would have fit in. I think she would have succeeded more ten years later because she she was she would have fit better even with like Trish and them once they got established. I think she would have it would have helped her to be around other people that she was just very ahead of her time. I felt like Alundra Blaze got stuck. In just like we we talked about Owen Hart kind of being ahead of his time. She was kind of like that, too. So, yeah, yeah. Kind of like like pick any non super heavyweight guy who wrestled in WWF from, say, like 1985 to (laughs) 1998, really, Mm -hmm. Um, be it Owen Hart or the Dynamite Kid or Leaping Lanny Poffo before he was the genius. Um, guys who were, you know, thinner, lighter, more athletic, more acrobatic, you know, that kind of thing. Um, they just, you know, like the, the, the times hadn't really got to the point where, again, that's who people were really looking at as being like the best workers and like, you know, the, the main stars and everything. Um, so kind of an ironic thing about women's wrestling then in the nineties, when a, when Alundra Blaze leaves WWF to go back to WCW to be Medusa again, WWF's women's division again was more or less shut down. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was really just about valets at that point, whether it was Sonny or Sable. And then, you know, China eventually came along. But they didn't reintroduce a women's title until late 1998. But what I'm pointing out here, sorry, I got to dismiss a notification on my phone. Um, is that while WWF then basically gave up on women's wrestling, WCW tried to start a women's division and basically failed. (laughs) Um, And the problem again was they didn't have anybody. Um, They, they brought in some Japanese wrestlers because they had an agreement with new Japan, which you saw often in the, uh, uh, you know, in the men's division, if you will, especially like uh, when the NWO started and they like, had like Masa Chono and the great Muda join the NWO. And yeah, um, NWO the, Japan was great. Yep. Yep. But uh, <laughs> like, so they did, so they brought in Bull Nakano, I think a couple times they brought in uh, Akira Hokuto, uh, who was a, who's a very well-known Japanese woman's wrestler. Um, I think they even brought Luna Vachon in once or twice. Yeah. Uh, and, and she had had some, she, that always felt like a missed opportunity to me in WWF because she was there when, uh, you know, Medusa was a Lundra Blaze, but I don't really ever remember them really feuding for the women's title. And it's like, felt no. like they probably should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like they, they, 
they didn't really do a lot. And then eventually, I think it was in sometime in early to mid 1997, uh, at one of the pay-per-views, they had Medusa wrestle Akira Hokuto for the WCW women's title with the stipulation that if Medusa lost, she would have to retire. And oh my God, they had Medusa lose. Yeah. Made no sense. And so that was basically, that was then basically the end of the WCW women's division. And I, uh, I think Bischoff has said in his podcast that as far as he knows, the Akira Hokuto still has the WCW women's <laughs> title belt. Uh, um, um, so, right. you know, so that's pretty interesting. So, um, yeah. And then we get the we Attitude get, Era with WWE. So, yeah, when we get to the WWF Attitude Era, if you look at the champions between 1998 and 2001, I'm just going to give you the list. Jacqueline, Sable, Deborah, Ivory, the fabulous Mula again, uh, Ivory, the cat, Hervina, which if you recall was Harvey Whippleman and drag. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline again, Stephanie McMahon, Lita, Ivory again, and then China. And then it was while China was champion that she basically was fired or walked out, you know, controversies to which was which before they reintroduced the belt at Survivor Series in 2001. But my point is, during that, like, say, what is that, about two and a half to three year stretch there, even though they had some good wrestlers, Jacqueline and Ivory yeah, Jacqueline. Are, in, are, are, are in the Hall of Fame, China's in the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, they, so they had some women who could work. The division was still a joke. Well, they the were division, doing bra and panties matches. And... Right. The division was much more about bra and panty, yeah. panty matches, evening gown matches. Uh, well, yeah. It was because it was the attitude. Yes, because it was the attitude era. It, it was it was about TNA. And I don't mean Testin Albert. <laughs> well, I mean, well, speaking of TNA, though, wasn't it about the attitude era or a little bit after that, that TNA started becoming? Because that's one of the reasons I start. Well, I watched TNA from the beginning, but it was very sporadic and their X division and the women's division became very popular for that program. So they yeah. kind of started getting some of the indie females that were busting their asses to come to TNA to kind of put on some good female matches. Well, right. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Jeremy. So here's the thing I remember about the attitude era. Um, Sable wasn't a wrestler. She was a model type person. Deborah. Not a wrestler. She okay. was, again, once again, a more of a model. Um, and what were, some, what were some of the other ones um, that you named uh, her? The cat. I mean, she was Jerry Lawler's wife. Yeah, and I don't really remember her much. Uh, she, she, really she, she, got, she got in a lot of trouble because she actually showed her boobs on TV one on, at a pay-per-view one time. Yep. Oops. Yep. <laughs> she wasn't a wrestler either. No. No, she, she wasn't. Um, Stephanie was not a wrestler at that no. point. I mean, she and, and she wasn't. I mean, we know Stephanie's in good shape and everything because, you know, she's married to Triple H and all of that. And Stephanie, I guess, can go out and work a match now. When she won the women's title back then in 2000, I mean, she, she wasn't, couldn't. She wasn't she a wrestler. She, she, yeah. she, she and, wasn't a worker. Yeah, I don't remember how many times she ever defended that title before she lost it. It might and, have been just that one time. So, yeah. And I think that WWE got lucky because I think they were just going to use Trish as a valet and something. And then she turned into a wrestler and ended up being the best out of all of them. And I don't even think that that was planned 
at the beginning. I my 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 guess would be no, because she definitely was a valet, and I felt like that's what they were going to do with her, and she metamorphosized into a really good women's wrestler. And I just I think that that happened by accident, kind of though. I don't think that that was oh, yeah. the plan. I agree well, because out of the ones that Pat mentioned, the only two that I can say besides the fabulous Moolah were actual wrestlers were Jacqueline and Lita were like the two. Well, yeah. And I'm sorry. And ivory were really actually good. And Lita was out of those three was the best out of those three as far as wrestling ability. So, I mean, no wonder it was considered a joke. I mean, who do you really have? You have three people that can wrestle and the rest are just, well, they got, they got, (laughs) at some point they got Molly Holly and she was fine. yeah, so that, that that's what I was kind of transitioning to. Like, and, like, another problem that they really had with the women's division mm-hmm. is what they didn't have in the women's division. And what I mean by that is they had a female superstar that they created who started to think a little too much of herself and thought she was only going to wrestle men. And that, of course, mm-hmm. was China. Yes, <laughs> she there have been I've like again on the podcast that I listened to, it took a long time for her to acquiesce to competing in the women's division, competing for the women's title. Now, part of that, again, you could say is because there wasn't really much of a women's division when they first introduced her and this and that. And so she was always interacting with the men. But because then, of course, like, you know, they had had her begin her continental champion a couple of times and everything like that. I think she felt like that. Yeah, she was always going to be competing against the men. And that's what led, I think, ultimately to, you know, obviously all the backstage stuff, too. But I think that's one of the reasons also that that led to, you know, her being fired or just leaving the company, however you want to regard it. So when they restart the women's division of that Survivor Series in 2001, they did a six-pack challenge match. It was Trish, Ivory, Jacqueline, Lita, Jazz, and Molly Holly. That's actually not too bad. Four of them are in the WWE Hall of Fame now, and you could make arguments for the other two, which, who were Jazz and Molly Holly, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt like Molly Holly was underrated as a worker. Um, yeah. Jazz... I think even though that she won the women's title a couple of times, I can see why she was never really fully over in a lot of ways. She didn't do a lot. She didn't really have a lot to go with on the mic. And if you were going to rank those six women by looks, she'd probably come in sixth. For um, sure. You know, I'm not saying that to be like some kind of misogynistic. No, it, you're that's right. Just, that's just kind of the way I feel. And what I'm kind of getting at with that is, while you can definitely say, okay, now we're maybe going to start taking this division seriously and have some people in there who can actually work. Look still mattered then. Right, right. Yep. People, I think, were yep. still looking for a little bit too much of TNA with it. And let's face it, they did still do Braun Panties matches and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And even yeah. while they had, and even while though while they had the women wrestlers, this is also still a time where you've still got Stacy Keebler and Tori Wilson and uh, Don Marie and you know uh, probably some other ones who I'm forgetting off the top of my head right now. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna who, lie, I was a big Stacy Keebler fan. Not gonna <laughs> lie, yeah, but that was for a totally different reason. You could put in that cover <laughs> in that time frame too, and 
Yeah, but uh, but I'm just but I'm just saying. So it's like you still had the valet women. Yes. Um, who were not wrestlers and who, while they gave them some, you know, training so they could like bump or whatever and they could do a match. Um, you know, they're they're not women who were really supposed to be wrestling. And you know, I guess to the credit, they never really put the title on those type of women in that era. Um, you know, as time went on, then they added Gail Kim, they added, uh, Victoria. Um, and you know, like you mentioned about Trish, not really, I don't think anybody really fully expected that she would become a wrestler and everything like that. I think Victoria is somebody you could add into that as well. She was somebody mm-hmm. who I don't think necessarily came in with the idea like, Oh, she's going to be a wrestler. I mean, originally she was one of the Godfather's hoes. But mm-hmm. they trained her, and she became pretty good. And she had some decent feuds in there. Uh, I remember she – didn't she and Tris, I think, have, like, a hardcore match uh, yeah. at, for the she, title Vic, one time? Victoria, I like the Widow's Peak. She had a cool finisher. Yeah, yeah. she did. So, I mean, she, she was a she's, good somebody who I, she, she's somebody mm-hmm. else along with Molly Holly from that era who I feel like has been uh, kind of uh, unfairly uh, forgotten. And a little underrated and everything. So whenever, then again, like what, like I said, as what, time goes on, you got you. Then you have like Mickey James and Melina, and then you get to Beth Phoenix and Michelle McCool. So you did have some diversity, and you had a you know a lot of different women, and then of course Trish and Lita, you know, left, and but you still had what felt like women who were really out there trying to wrestle, trying to so, you know say, hey, we're, we can do this. When Trish and Lita main evented Monday Night Raw, some something changed a little bit that night. So that match was was fantastic. So that match was the best women's match I saw in my life until Takeover Brooklyn. So something changed a little bit that night. Not not fully, but but that there was a little bit of a swing there because they main evented a Raw and Lita almost got killed. And they put on a show. They put on a four or five star match at the end of a raw, which they never gave them that their place until then. They didn't. Nothing really happened after that. But I think that opened the door just a smidge. Right. And yeah, I agree. And we were talking about Victoria. Victoria is one of those people like I liked watching. I thought she was good in the ring. Um that I think the one thing that she lacked was, and I think a lot of still women lacked, even with the amount of talent that they started to bring in that could actually wrestle, is a lot of them, and maybe it was just because of the way the WWE crowd was, but the mic skills were still a work in progress for I a mean, lot it, of them. To this, to be honest with you, it's it's still like that now to some degree. So not all of them are great still. That really hasn't changed that much. Yeah, but I think the other part that was tough is the crowd just couldn't get behind the women wrestlers still at that time. No, that's that's true. So that was another tough part. It took a long time for the mindset to change. I mean, everybody, I think wants to say the attitude era ended at WrestleMania 17 in 2001, or that it ended when they did the first brand split in 2002, or it was, it was WrestleMania 20 or it was like, and I'm like, that that's kind of irrelevant really. Um, but I do think the mindset took a long time to transition from, especially as it pertains to the women 
out of the attitude era in terms of like, you know, show us your tits, basically. Lita, uh, Lita's yeah. another person who she was a stripper. Like I've read her book. She used to be a stripper. Like that's yeah. what her job was. So I think that I don't know how much she learned in WWE. I actually think she learned shit in ECW. I think ECW no, she gets some yeah. gets some of the credit for her. But she's another one that I don't know if anybody when I saw her at that heat wave 99 and the fans were chanting, she's a crack whore and Danny Doring proposed to her. I don't know if anybody thought she was going to end up being one of the five best women's wrestlers of all time at that point either. So I, I, I I doubt it. Yeah. So Lita and Trish, the Lita and Trish deserve a lot of credit because they definitely weren't the people like, like no offense, but like Charlotte, there was some expectation with her. Like you had an expectation with like her, like when we saw her, we knew it was coming. Per se, I think Lita and Trish. Nobody really knew yeah. what was coming out of them, either of them. Right, absolutely. And when you, oh damn it, I just lost my thought. Damn, I was thinking about it. But uh, I'm, yeah, I'm having a thought. Can yes, we? I, having, I mean, whenever Jeremy, me and we can talk about how much we love the the era with the Bellas and Kelly Kelly, because I that's when I I hated women's wrestling. So well, I I wanted to I wanted to try to transition to that but um getting back to something that joe said earlier one of the other things that i kind of helped i that i think indirectly helped the wwe women's division during this time was that tna with their knockouts division they seem to for the most part take it seriously from the start or they at least yeah they they tried to create some credible wrestlers now again i never watched tna much so I don't know, like I know Gail Kim wrestled for them a lot of times. I know that, you know, they had, you know, Awesome Kong. Um, Velvet Sky. Yeah. They had yeah, the yeah. beautiful people. Medicine mm-hmm. Rain. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean, um, Victoria wrestled for them for, for multiple years as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She went by Victoria. Um, they brought in, they had a plethora of, of females that came in and out. They, they they really took it seriously, and I think that was kind of where WWE was like, okay, so this promotion that's really beneath us is kind of kicking ass with the women. And mm-hmm. in that same time frame, too, that's when you saw an uptick of female wrestlers on the indie scene, too. You know, there's a lot of a lot of females in the indie, indie scene that were, were just more females wrestling. In New Mexico, uh, AAA in New Mexico, they were starting to get more female, uh, more females wrestling. Um, New Japan was getting more females that were, were getting into the wrestling business even more because they had like three promotions going on over there at that time. So they, 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 it was, it was starting to grow all over the place, except for at the place to be all places of professional <laughs> wrestling. Yeah, the big boys, you know, it's you know WWE didn't wasn't wasn't doing anything with it. I think all of that combined, especially having a, a promotion on national television, being successful with it, and people liking it, the crowd being into the wrestlers, you can kind of tell. Yeah. So I remembered my thought. We were talking about the mindset and the attitude. The other thing that had to change, it, because it went wrong right along with the mindset and attitude, is Jerry Lawler. We had to stop hearing him talk about the puppies. The yes. puppies, the puppies, they're so the puppies are coming out. Like as soon as yeah, they yeah. as soon as Vince yeah. got that out of the way, that kind of helped the mindset of the male portion of the crowd 
also changed their mindset in the way that they were viewing the women wrestlers too. So mm-hmm. AJ, I know you were going to say something. 30, 30 old man comments would be more serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, no, I, Pat's like train. I, he's going to train transition probably to, I just want to get to well, we, NXT we, and stuff. Yes. Before <laughs> yeah. you, before you transition though, I want to say to everybody, thank you for watching and make sure you tune in to the end of our show for Mount Rushmore because it's going to be a good one. Okay, go ahead. All right. So I think (laughs) what ultimately hurt the WWF or I'm sorry, WWE women's division was that in the span of about, I want to say it was two or three months in 2006, Trish retired and Lita left. Yeah. They were the two biggest women on the roster. They were the two most popular women on the roster, even though Lita was a heel at the time. Uh, Trisha turned face again by that point. But even though, like, you know, they, they were, uh, you know, you know, Trisha had been a heel for a while, but then turned face again. And it, just the fact that the two of them left, I think it left a, a star power hole at the top. They had mickey james they had molina beth phoenix was came in not very long after um you know but they didn't have a lot of top tier workers left at that point they yeah. had like they gave candace michelle a run with the belt and now i remember she i remember they talked about it at the time too that she had really worked hard to kind of transition from being like the valet eye candy diva to be competent in the ring and I think she got to a point where she was okay, you know. Yeah. But I don't. But I don't think she ever got to be like you know some like she she didn't get to be Trish, you know she didn't no. get to be even I would say Victoria. So they didn't really have a lot to work with then. And then it kind of got to be like then you had Michelle McCool and Layla, and Layla was the last WWE Women's Champion before they created. The Divas Championship, which is one so of the worst championship belts ever. Yes, yes, it is. So that's along with the Waffle House title. So that's so that's uh so that's late that's late 2010 then. When when, the, when they do that, the 24 seven title, Jeremy. I call it the Waffle House title. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe WWE created something new. I was like, no. oh boy, just just leave it up to WWE. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, like, they kind of combine, you know, the women's title and the and the divas title. But you're the first several champions of the, the worst title. Period in women's wrestling in our life. <clears throat> Michelle McCool, Maurice, Mickey James, Jillian Hall, Melina, Maurice again, Eve Torres, Alicia Fox, Melina again, Michelle McCool again, Natalia, uh, Alicia Eve Torres Fox again. Has been around that long. Yeah. Holy hell. Uh, <laughs> Eve Torres, Brie Bella, Kelly Kelly. <laughs> Here Beth, we go. Beth, Beth Phoenix again, Nikki Bella, Lila again, Eve Torres. That takes us through about 2012. It changed wow. that many times. That's how crazy it was. And well, that, 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 was a, that, that was that's that's a four year span there that I just gave. I, that's from actually from yeah, 2008 to 2012. That's a lot. I thought Michelle well, McCool fun. was okay. I didn't think Michelle cool, McCool was terrible. Like, she was okay. She was but Eve it. Torres, anytime you said Eve Torres or Rabella or Kelly Kelly or Jillian Hall, there were problems there. My basic attitude about pretty much all of those women that I mentioned, 
Uh, with I think the only two I would maybe take out uh, would be Natalia and Beth Phoenix. I would say for pretty much all of those women that I mentioned there, they had their moments, but they were never really better than okay. Right. And and some of them were really just, and some of them were really just not wrestlers. You know, like. I think Melina was, but they just never gave Melina a real chance. They just wanted to stick her doing other shit. She, she can actually wrestle. They just never let her do, do her thing. There are. There are, there are rumors that she's coming back. That she's coming back. Now, the thing of it is, though, is that she's 41 years old now. And obviously, that's it's not an impediment because so look same. at some of the ages of some of the, the men. Like, I mean, AJ Styles is but you know, 42. Molina, the, the, the kind of wrestling that, I mean, and, and, and Joe's right. She can go. But still, what she was doing back then is not the same as what's going yeah. on now. Right. And I don't know how, like, it says that she still wrestled, like, on indies and everything. And she's and 40. Years, so, and like, the years that's the she's left WWE, but it's like, yeah, she's been out of the WWE spotlight for so long. It's like, can she come back at that age? It's like, hey, if she can, great. Uh, and because of something I'm going to get to when we get to kind of like the present. Um, but yeah, but again, that, that list, that, 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 yeah, but, but this list that I just like kind of read to you, um, this was in the era where John Laurinaitis is in tar- is in charge yeah. of talent relations. People power. And, yeah, and, <laughs> we and, can... and Kevin and Kevin Dunn is still, you know, one of the main producers backstage, and they, for whatever reason, and I think it was more Laurinaitis. Well, it was probably really both when we come right down to it. The mindset seemed to switch from let's find good women's wrestlers to let's find models. And we'll train them to be wrestlers. Well, see, Correct. and there's the there's the point I wanted to make. Like we went from Trish and Lita and getting some good wrestlers that still were pretty, so Vince was okay with it. Because um, let's be honest, Vince really pulls the strings here all together when it comes down to the final say. To back to the ballet style model. And then, like Pat, Darth Pat was saying, now let's train them to try and be wrestlers, which you have to be an – I don't care what anybody says. If you're going to be a wrestler, you have to be a legit athlete, like a legit athlete of some type. You can't just step into a ring and, hey, we're just going to train you to be a wrestler and hope for the fucking best because that's how people get injured and get really – I mean really injured. Um, you have to have some type of serious athletic ability, no matter where, no, you know, and that any kind of athlete, you know, volleyball, basketball, football, baseball, regular, you know, original, you know, regular wrestling, whatever it is, you have to have some kind of athletic ability. There's gotta be something already there to work with. Some of those women had that, but some of them definitely did not move now. Move to the next. Well, like, well, Matt well, doesn't want to talk about this anymore. Genre. Yeah, I'm done. I, mean, I don't want to. I mean, the, the Bellas and Kelly Kelly are, are the best description of those women who just didn't have any kind of an athletic background. And Kelly Kelly always came off as like really being like, you know, a sweet person and everything. But she really didn't have a lot of business being, you know, wrestling in the ring. And to be fair to her, I think she just did what she was asked to do. So, you know, yeah, sure. the. You know the bells. Of course, there's been all kinds of backstage stories about them, wow. especially if you, especially if you listen to, uh, um, oh shit, what's her name, uh, Maria. You know, um, but yeah. 
I don't, and I and I the the only thing I'll say about the Bell is like I'll I'll say one nice thing about them. When okay. all the other ones came in, they realized that they had to up the ante. So they did probably get a smidge better when Charlotte and all them came calling because they knew the crap that they were doing wasn't going to cut it anymore. Uh, I just, I don't like the fact, and I think me and Joe have had this discussion. I don't like the fact that that they tried to claim like they were the start of the women's evolution. That pisses me (laughs) off because they were not the start of it. (laughs) Let's be honest. We'll, we'll, we'll put it to this. We're going to, we're going to name one of probably Joe's favorite female wrestlers from the divas era. And that would be Paige. Cause if you really want to be honest, Paige was really the beginning of the women's evolution in women's wrestling. Yeah. I, because I would say she was the first out of the divas talent that I would say could really go, but had to play to that format of the divas type wrestler. Paige definitely was, was Paige and AJ Lee to me, like oh, yeah, those AJ two Lee kind too. of, those two kind of like started us heading in the right direction. Finally. <laughs> but I mean, just think about this. If, WWE decided to not change NXT's format after season two, you would probably would probably still have a Divas title. Because you kind of think about that. They they changed it from the whole coaching superstar and coaching a guy to an actual formatted program. And Paige was on that, you know, that season. There was a couple other females that came and gone, but that's where, you know, the whole NXT started with them coaching everybody and, and, and bringing everybody up. And NXT is the you're not, you're not getting a Charlotte Flair like you think now, and some of these others might not. Have NXT come. is the best thing that happened to the women's division. That's the single best right. thing that happened to the women's division is NXT. If it doesn't happen, then we still got. No matter what any of the promotion was doing, they still have average to mediocre talent. Yeah, I mean. I'm not, this is not a knock, but Natalia would probably be the, <laughs> a 16 time world. She would be at this point, if that was the case. And rightfully so, because you know, she's a good worker and she can go, she's she a wrestler, but yeah, it's just kind of like heavily, where, where she's been heavily overlooked by the WWE yeah. in her ability she, because she doesn't, her character's never been strong. Yeah. And she Vince, got, she got caught. She also got caught in the middle of the end of the shitty and the start of the good, she kind of got caught in the middle of that. And she has not had her personality. Unfortunately is just, it's just never been there. They've tried multiple things with her. I mean, I don't know why they tried the fart gimmick with her. That was stupid. I was was about to say, they gave her some real pun, but not intended. She can, uh, she can wrestle storylines. I just think she got, she got stuck in, in between the shitty and the good. And she, the transition, I don't know. She can go with any of the four horse women, but she's got less personality than probably all four of them. And they, they could have used the Hard Foundation thing for where she came where way more and put a voice with her. They could have done something in that manner, but they just kind of just went off and did all kinds of crazy shit with her. And it's yeah. unfortunate. I, and NXT thing came because I think she, she accidentally passed gas at some I, point yeah, in time. I think she like, did, like during a promo TV. or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, Vince was like, hey, that's good. Say it, Pat. Vince was like, hey, guys, say it, Pat. <laughs> that's such good shit. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, they, have a fart. <laughs> 
It'll be great. <laughs> Things happen for a reason. Like all this shit happened. Like Joe said, if they don't change the NXT format. If Charlotte's brother doesn't die, we don't get Charlotte. So yeah. she wouldn't, she wasn't even going to wrestle. She was not going to wrestle. And then her brother died. And she said, I'm going to do this for my brother. And now she's in, in my opinion, she's the best female wrestler I've ever seen. Like she's, she's went from a volleyball player to, I'm not going to be a wrestler. So she's another one like Trish and Lita, where other than the bloodline where it happened by, I don't think WWE even knew what they were going to get out of her. They were like, okay, she's got the bloodline, but just cause you have the bloodline doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to like, and she's as good as it gets. Like she's been as good as it gets. Like they don't need to put belts on her anymore. She's that person like John Cena. She's like the John Cena of the women's division. They don't have to put a belt on her. She doesn't need it. What does she have to prove at this point? <laughs> All right. So Darth Pat, so, bring us into the present, sir. Well, lead us, one, lead us to the gold. One, one real quick final comment about the, like the, the downturn era there, the, you know, the Divas <laughs> championship. If you notice, there was one name I never mentioned as having held the Divas title. And that was Gail Kim. Um, you know, she she had been with WWE. She left. She went to TNA. She did really well there. She yep. came back to WWE, and they did and they shit on her. They yep. did shit. They they did nothing with her. And if you recall, she was in some battle royal that I think was for the title, and she eliminated herself. And she basically just like you know walked out of the company, and then she went <laughs> back to TNA, and she started kicking ass again. And yep. I think she's the only female in TNA's Hall of Fame. She, uh, you know, so so far she was but, she yeah, was yeah. she didn't fit she didn't fit with WWE at that time she was she didn't fit at all with what they were doing. No, she, she could wrestle. Would, she would well, have been better just, in the the current era. Definitely, she yeah. were she yeah. was there. But but it just it just kind of goes. That's just like an example again, of just how badly they were running the division at that time. So I just wanted to you know kind of throw that. Yeah. No, you're right. Not bad. You know, yeah. Gail Kim jumped to TNA with the um. Victoria jumped to TNA. Mickey James eventually jumped to TNA because of the nonsense they were doing in WWE. So mm-hmm. they were going somewhere where it was more more productive. Yeah, think about that too. Mickey James is always was regarded as one kind of like the best worker of like the immediate post Trish Lita era, and they they kind of pissed her off enough to make her say, "I want to go yeah. somewhere else too." So mm-hmm. just stupid storylines, just just ridiculous stuff they were doing. Yeah. All right. So. Caitlin wins the Divas title on the Raw 20th anniversary special back in 2013. And then we kind of go into an era where they seem to have kind of longer reigns. But then, like, the next champions are all AJ Lee and Paige for a while mm-hmm. until, they give it, until they give it back to Nikki Lee. And then Charlotte wins it for the first time at Night of Champions 2015. And then at WrestleMania 32 and 2016, they switch it back to the women's title. So this pretty much takes us to like what we commonly regard as the modern era. But yeah, like you guys said, AJ Lee and Paige, I think were kind of really the beginning of, you know, what they want to, this whole, like give divas a chance, you know, uh, women's revolution era, however we want to regard this era in women's wrestling. I feel like they were the ones who really kind of started it and, and kind of reminded people of, Oh yeah, uh, they can actually wrestle and they can be like you know, good looking and good wrestlers at the same time. Yeah. And but like you know not like you know they don't have to be models and everything. Correct. No. So yeah, 
so that's that's basically where we've been. So I mean, you know, Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky, uh, you know, all debuted at the same time there. Where, and I don't want to give them short shrift. I mean, like you said, like Alicia Fox was still hanging around. Uh, Tamina Snuka has still been there. she's still hanging around. <laughs> yeah, I think she um, started with the company when she was like 18 years old. Yeah, that's yeah. the other part. So she was super young. Yeah, it's but like, time so, for her to freaking retire, okay? Yeah, so, so, well, <laughs> stop me if I'm wrong here. When they when they did the whole women's revolution beginning, they had like the, what was like the three teams of three. It was Paige, yeah. Charlotte, Becky was one, right? Tamina and Sasha. Tamina, Sasha, and Alicia was one, and then uh, it yeah. was no. The, I don't think it was oh, Tamina and Alicia. I don't think Alicia was with Sasha and Tamina. I thought it was somebody else. Okay, this? was 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 Naomi Alicia, was was Alicia with the Bellas in that? Maybe, and, and maybe it was it was Tamina, Sasha, and Naomi. Maybe. Yes. Okay, that sounds about right. Yes. All right, so you know, so they they start doing that. Now that didn't last very long, luckily for good reason because it was it was very forced, and I don't think the audience ever really fully bought into the way that they tried to. No, that was corny. It. That was yeah. corny. Well, but the good thing was they just kind of let it go for a little while. And then, like, when natural things happen, like, like they turned Paige heel first because she was getting jealous of Charlotte. And then eventually they turned Charlotte heel because, let's face it, Charlotte's a natural heel. She sure is. Um, you know, she really is. Uh, not saying that she's been bad as a face, but it feels like she's always been she's more better comfortable as a, she's and better, as, better a heel. as a heel. Yeah. Um, Bailey eventually hits the roster. Then Alexa Bliss eventually hits the roster, and then you eventually get Nia Jax. Um, and then you kind of get to the Ronda Rousey era. Now, I don't have anything against Ronda Rousey uh, for her tenure because she took to it, I think, pretty pretty well, pretty quickly. Like she was putting on good matches. The problem with Ronda Rousey and the issue I will have if and when she comes back, depending, is that I feel like she is going to end up being like the the female Brock Lesnar. And that when she's there, everything has to revolve around her, but that she's not going to be there for long enough and she's not necessarily going to help somebody else out. Uh, That's like if she comes back. I don't know that Becky pinning her at WrestleMania helped Becky. I mean, I, like, I don't know if Becky not was in any more shit old. finish, not in the shit finish. That right, happened. right. Like, yeah, throw, well, throw, just even throw away like the circumstances of the match itself. It was like, was Becky any more over because she pinned Ronda? Um, and then she would then then she already was at that point. I really no. don't think so. I think she was probably the hottest thing going into that match. And it was just like, well, this is the coronation. In a way, it was like, you know, when Austin won the title at WrestleMania 14, he was already the hottest thing at the time. But um, and it was like when putting the title on, it was just kind of like the icing on the cake. Alicia Fox was with Team Bella. Okay. So it must have been Tamina, Sasha. It was, it was Naomi. I guess, I guess Naomi, yeah. Um, so we now have the women's division. I'm not really sure the best way to put this. Joe? So, Team Bad was Naomi, Sasha, and Tamina. Yep. 
and Charlotte Page. Yeah, and it was PC. It was PCB or something. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was Page, Becky, and Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to say this yeah, about the current state of women's wrestling. The one cool thing is we get to see a lot, a lot of different personalities. But the downfall is there are some scary-looking individuals that are in the women's division. Nia Jax. Nia Jax, and not because I'm not saying she's not a beautiful person, okay? Just because – She's they scary. Are, there, there's some scary like individuals. Like Awesome Kong was a scary ass wrestler for female wrestlers. Like just like any big, you know, dude for male wrestlers can be a very scary looking. And you I, know, still remember, I still remember. I still remember that that battle royal in TNA when Awesome Kong had the wardrobe malfunction when she went oh out of the God. battle royal and her and her boobies were hanging out. I could have done without that image. I'm glad yeah, I didn't see uh, that live. Hey, just, I mean, just to kind of you know, tie like the old to the new. Awesome Kong and uh, Nia Jax are like the Bull Nakano of, of this yes. era, basically. Absolutely. Yes. So it's just like, I, I think it's really great where the women's division has come because you get to see a lot of different types of women. You get to see uh, just, it, there's a lot of different interaction, just like there's always been in the men's division. You have your smaller people, you have your bigger people. You have like so it's 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 awesome. But along like I said, along come was that you now you have some of the scary, like intimidating kind of factors, which is kind of throws you for a loop if you're not ready for it. You know, Shana, when you're watching women. Shayna Baszler's a little bit scary looking too. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah, I would put her in the <laughs> can be scary at times. And I think that's just more of like her per- personality, as well as the dark eye makeup that almost makes her look like a raccoon and kind of throws she, it off too. She does. She does look like. I don't know if I'd really want to end up on the wrong side of a battle with her in a dark alley either. So. Oh no, because she's a legit she, MMA fighter. She'd probably kill you. She's she's um. I mean, she is a little older too. I was actually surprised when I looked. She's up like thirty eight. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't realize she was actually. She's a badass. Old. She's she's a badass. She's a, she's there to kind of fight and shoot fight and do that kind of stuff. She's not ever going to be like the best in ring performer, but she's a badass and she does a good job of playing that part. So, so I think Theo, um, unless Darth Pat are, are we up, we're up to date wow. with our history, right? We're, we're kind of, we're kind of at the present day. What I wanted to say was when I look at, and, and again, I, I'm watching so little right now, but I feel like, and this really applies to just WWE. Well, talk about AEW in a second. Um, I think that with the, the problem I'm finding with WWE's women's division right now is that I feel it's a little stagnant. And what I mean by that is I don't feel like anybody is really, you know, growing. Anybody's like star is rising. Well, well, Bailey, Bailey sure has in the last year. So Bailey, 100 yeah. percent has so yeah i feel like i feel like she's done well and you know again i never thought she could be a heel and she's kind of proven me wrong on on that um but but i i feel like way too much of the women's division has been revolving around wow that's the the so-called four horse that is and then it's because how often do you get they got, yeah. they were, they were, I don't know if they were lucky or whatever you want to say, but you got four women that can go. 
Like, it's almost like when OVW had Cena, Batista, Orton, and Brock all at the same time. You got this influx of talent. Holy shit, look at all these guys. And, like, all four of them, I know you don't like Brock, Pat, but he's still somebody that's going to end up in the Hall of Fame and stuff, and he's still part of that class. And that was a pretty great class for OVW to stumble upon. They stumbled upon that with the four horsewomen. They do fall back on them. They are stuck in that, but they also have Alexa Bliss, who's on concussion protocol every time she wrestles, and she's she's that other person. She's that other person that was like lightning in a bottle. She's like mm-hmm. the she's the one person in the WWE's women's division who sucked on NXT and is good on the main roster. All the rest of them, Charlotte, Sasha, most of them were still better in NXT. Alexa is the the oddball person who was garbage <laughs> on NXT. So bad about my Alexa. And they brought her to the. They, she was Joe. I know you know she was. So I know she was. they brought her to the main roster, put her in a six pack challenge, and in ten minutes she impressed. Even though she was the first person eliminated, lightning in a bottle hit struck that night, and th- two months later she had the belt. And she was great. She's been great, but she's 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 tiny. And when Nia Jax and people like that start tossing her around, she's going to get concussions. So they have to protect her. So there's one person who's super talented, who's really good on the mic also, that they can't really put her. I, I want her in a program with Asuka right now. They're not going to put her in a program with Asuka. She wrestles stiff. She'll give Alexa a concussion without even trying. So Oscar, yeah. somebody, sure. maybe ask us somebody, maybe that they, there's something there. I don't like her and I don't care about her. So if they're putting her on the back burner, I don't care because I don't want to see her jibber jabber on the microphone every week. Cause I think it's stupid. So she can wrestle, but she's terrible on the mic and she, her character is, is garbage. In my opinion, she's a really good wrestler, but I just, she's, I don't know if she's ever going to really be able to speak English enough they need a mouthpiece. She needs a mouthpiece. If there's ever been somebody in WWE that needs a mouthpiece, it's Asuka. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to say that I feel like one of the best feuds, women's feuds that they've done in the last couple of years that didn't involve any of the four horsewomen was the Alexa Nia Jax feud. Like when, you know, Nia Jax was basically Alexa's enforcer who was very blatantly being used. I mean, it was a recycled storyline in a lot of ways, but yeah, I, thought, it I thought it's, it, I thought it still worked very well. And at the end, yeah, you wanted to see Nia beat the crap out of Alexa, even though they, they, they size wow. differences and everything. And I, I think somewhere in that she concussed her. So, right, so but, but like, so yeah, but what I was going to say is, I'm either. Yeah, what I was going to say is I understand the reason that they keep falling back to the four horsewomen because they can all work and because they can all talk on the mic. Now, I know you think Becky sucks on the mic there, uh, AJ, but again, right. So this is the way I'm looking at it. You look at almost every other female who's on the roster right now and you can point out to some issues with them. Nia Jax, she's hurt other people and she's been hurt herself. Alexa, obviously she's got the concussion history, so they do sometimes give her the porcelain doll treatment, you know, and obviously she's doing the stuff with with Bray right now. So I don't even know if she's necessarily in the women's title picture, really. Maybe they'll do something there. We'll have to wait and see. Asuka, obviously, it's the language barrier because she 
I don't know how much English she speaks, but she's obviously not great <laughs> at it because, and, and look, I'm not again saying that to be xenophobic or anything. And I hate that I keep making these qualifiers, but it's like, if she, <laughs> but, but no, it's like, if she was better at speaking English, she would speak English more. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's like if, it's, if she could do it, you know, if she could do it, she would do it. Even if she maybe didn't sound, that. even if she didn't maybe sound the smoothest. I mean, if, if she could speak it where she could be understood, you know, sufficiently, I don't think they would have her doing the stuff, like you said, where she's doing now, where she comes out, she basically screams phrases in Japanese and then says like two words in English and then does like that laugh. It's like, it's kind of weird, especially since she's a face again now. So now, it's, just, it's just very I, odd I, that she's I, doing that. Time to time. <laughs> WWE is a little bit strange about this because... Zach has told me on numerous occasions that Nakamura is on up, up, down, down, and he can speak English and, and he's understandable. But on WWE TV, they make him out to be not understandable. And Zach yep. said that he's not perfect, but Zach says he speaks English well enough that they should be able to put a microphone in his hand and let him cut a promo. And they well, don't. I, see, I seem to remember. Well, I seem to remember with Nakamura when they when he first came to the main roster, he did speak English when he because he was a face. He he was speaking English well enough, but then like when he turned on on AJ, you know, like he turned heel like the WrestleMania match and everything. I know speak English. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like you know that was really I, funny. I, though. I, like, like, you remember, he came out, like, he, he, he was, like, being asked, like, why did you do to him what he did? And, like, he gave an answer, which was a complete lie. And the interviewer was like, you know, Shinsuke, you're obviously lying. And so he was like, I'm sorry, no speak English. Yeah. That was a heel thing to do, which I get. So now that he's a heel still, because he hasn't ever turned face again since then, and maybe he should by he now. He still doesn't really talk, uh, though. They still hammer right, but, him. But, but, right, but, but, but what I'm, say like what I'm saying is, the, like, with the foreign wrestlers. It's a heel thing to have him not talk or to only speak Japanese now. Um, like, if they were to turn him face again, which I think at this point maybe they should, just to also maybe try to freshen some things up, uh, maybe they'd let him speak English again, or they, they should. But, but like you said, Asuka needs a mouthpiece. Yeah, she does, but one, they don't really use managers anymore, and two, they definitely don't give faces managers. So that's, that's a problem. But it's like a... Go ahead. So here's the other thing we also know about Vince is Vince loves to play off the ethnicity of people. So yeah. we know I, mean, I would not be surprised. A, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's an age old tradition in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised if Vince, even if Oscar can speak English well enough to be understood on the mic, does not say play up to the Japanese thing you know like we don't want you to just you, you you be japanese and that's all you need to be and you, you speak speak your japanese and you know i would not well, be surprised oh, if that's what vince wants from her and that's why I, she I, hasn't ever made that leap i wonder though because like i said nakamura did speak english well enough <laughs> when he first came into the roster as a face when oscar first came to the roster she was a face before she turned heel and then back face again but from what i remember from her initial face run she never talked period no, like she, she, didn't. She, didn't, she didn't speak yeah. really at all. So, yeah, so that so yeah, who knows? But yeah, it's a struggle. I mean, it's a struggle. They I mean, EO EO is kind of the better version of Asuka for me, at least. So and she 
they're going to have problems with her too when they bring her up. So yeah. like usually but, when I she's mean, they subtitle everything when she talks on NXT, we get subtitles from her. So oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. but like if you if you look at like some of the rest of the women on the roster right now, um, yeah, you know, like you said, Shayna Vince supposedly soured on her pretty quickly after they they brought her up to the main roster. Um, I, I still think, think I, eventually she's going to get. I think that they just she'll get a push eventually. I still think that it's it's going to come. So I I, I think I, I think the reason why he soured on her is her looks. I swear to God, that's that's my feeling. I, I well, think he felt like she, I can't she, put the title on her. She's not good looking enough. She also like, but he put the title on Nia Jax. So like. Yeah, but she's got like the Samoan lineage and blah blah blah. So when she was in NXT, she like tore through everybody, and there was nobody like even that fought who who I legitimately thought was going to beat her. She never really had to do anything like on the mic, so her mic skills were kind of lacking in NXT. The best promo she's ever cut in her WWE career was the one where she was making fun of Seth Rollins for getting Becky pregnant and stuff. Like, that was the promo she needed. So all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, shit. Shayna's actually got a personality, and she can actually talk on the mic. Maybe they just didn't let her. So I think her character is flourishing, and I think maybe that was the right move for them not to push her yet. I think it's actually going to benefit her. They, they did it with Brock. You know, they sometimes they rush people, and it doesn't always work out. So as much as I wanted Shayna to win now, I think it was okay for them not to do that with her because I think she's going to be a better version of herself when they do put her in that situation. Would you agree with that, Joe? I would say so. So to be honest with you, I think that I think when she gets her push, they should do they should do something with her and Ronda whenever Ronda comes back. That'd be a great feud between the two of them because I really don't think they're going to have a force four horse woman versus no, they're not. The other point. two. The other two are not, they're too green and they're not good enough to be on television. And I don't think WWE wants to take that chance of putting those other two on, especially the one they just, they, it's, it's too much of a liability. Cause she's just not They're Obviously they're not there, Joe, or we would have, yeah. we, we don't even see them on NXT. They were in the crowd on raw underground because they don't know what else to do with them. Until they start wrestling on NXT, then, you know, you need it. You need it. be a good idea when Ronda comes back to put her in a feud with Shayna. Maybe not right at the beginning, but build up to it when Ronda comes back and there's some like random words or whatever and see the two former MMA fighters go at it in a wrestling ring. Maybe have a vacant belt at that point for some odd reason and they're fighting for the title. Something, do something crazy with them. It's there to be done. So I know, Theo, you wanted to... Um share with us the top female wrestlers oh, the pwi list that yes, came the out PWI. PWI. so let's let's move on to that and then we can talk a little bit maybe about aew and then move into uh mount I rushmore be- i believe that this list that joe is i believe it's from sep- Joe, august or september of last october. year so october it's october of october. last year to october of this year yeah october okay. october so PWI is annual top 100. So I'm just going to go through the top 25. I'll bore everybody with the whole 100. Top 25, the more, pretty much more important women who have been wrestling um, 
through all the different promotions. So, of course, we have this year at number one is Bailey, followed by number two is Becky Lynch. Then we have Asuka, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks. We have Sheeta, uh, Tessa Blanchard, uh, Rio, Io Shirai. This one I always mess up. Mayu Iwatani. If I say your name wrong, I apologize. <laughs> uh, Jordan Grace, Shayna Baszler, Thunder Rose, Kimberly, Nyla Rose, uh, Taya Valkyrie, Kaylee Ray, Kylie Ray, Nikki Cross, Kyrie Sane. Oh, speaking of Kyrie Sane, did you guys watch the YouTube video I sent you guys? In Hell the yeah. Her match in... at the Underground. Yeah, against Sane. Who is she wrestling again? That was uh... Penta from the Lucha Brothers. Yes. Pentagon, right? Yes. Yes, that's an insane match. Um, uh, oh, 22 is uh, Britt Baker. Then we have Bianca Belair, Dakota Kai, and Allison Kay. And I cannot stand Bianca Belair. I, I hate her. I can't her stand her, too, Jeremy. She drives me nuts. That hair thing. Yeah. Like, I'm like, sorry. <laughs> you, you're whipping me with hair. That better be the strongest hair ever because I've been hit with hair and that, and, and, and I'm not, that don't hurt like that I've much. never, <laughs> I've never really liked her, so. I <laughs> see. I'm on the other side. I, I, I'm indifferent with her. I don't see a huge problem with her. I, I, I like her from time to time. Um, you know, I, I feel like with the little promos, like the athletic promos, they're kind of like making her like a female version of Mr. Perfect with those old school things. I don't kind of feel like they're tre- they're 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 trending on that a little bit. She's with her. not worthy. Jeez. <laughs> Mr. Perfect is Mr. Perfect, but, you know, (laughs) using athletic things to be more superior than the others she's going against. I mean, she could wrestle. Uh, I, you know, give her that. She could go. Um, I don't, I don't mind her. I really don't. I don't really have, I can tell us about the hair thing. She's twirling around or whatever. I'm waiting for her to use it as a chokehold or something like that for a submission one night. It's the, her persona that I don't, like, I guess can't swallow. I don't, like like I said, I've, I've never liked her since the first time I saw her in NXT. I've never liked her. So so that's just – that's the part that I have a hard time with. Like certain characters I can be kind, you know, their 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 image, their – you know, the way they talk and everything. Like, And I just had a hard time swallowing her like I'm superior to everybody else kind of thing. Like that's that's just been hard for me to swallow because I know there's – I'm not saying she's not a talented wrestler. I'm not saying she can't wrestle, but until you get in there and you wrestle Charlotte, the essentially the four horse women, until you get in there and wrestle them and show me that you can wrestle with those four women. Um, I, I have a hard time swallowing your gimmick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I see where you're from with that. Yeah. And this is, this is an impressive top 25. A lot of WWE so, has dominated the top five here. So but, the you know there's there's others from other other promotions on here too which is good. So it's Charlotte, good Becky, and Bailey now have all been number one on that list. Sasha's the only one now who hasn't been number one on that list. So maybe this is going to be her chance now. So she has the belt, and let's see how long she holds this for. They, yes, they let's give her more than a one week run. Uh, fortunately, yes. And I and I think Bailey's it. 
well-deserving. I know AJ has not always been a big fan of Bailey. Um, I thought her gimmick got very dry at a time because it was, she for so long did the wacky, you know, female Wednesday John Cena, thing, you know, yeah. hit, flailing arm people thing. You know, I, and all the, I can the, think the of Bailey buddies, the, ba- yeah, the Bailey buddies. Every time I see those, like all I can think about is the commercial from Family Guy. Like every time I see that, the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the that's why inflatable the, arm guy. Yeah. That's yeah. why the the night when she turned heel and destroyed the Bailey buddies was fucking awesome. Like she fucking chopped them, caught him and chopped them. And the side pony thing, like that, reminded me of Napoleon Dynamite movie with the girl that's in Napoleon Dynamite. Like I caught like every time I saw her with the headband on and the freaking side pony, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Like, so there were so many things, like, after a while, I was just like, uh, like, okay, let's change things up. So when she did turn heel and everything happened, I was like, okay, this is cool. And now I think she's very well deserving of a number one spot in the PWI. I think that's pretty well deserving. Well, she had the, how she she's had the metamorphosis. Belt, she had the belt the whole time. Yeah. So she had yeah. the women's title the whole time that during that time period. So if anybody other than her would have been number, I mean, Becky went away. She only yeah. wrestled for like half of it. Charlotte's been hurt during on and off during it so sasha like wasn't there the whole time so bailey's the only person that's essentially been there the whole time this is also they said tonight sasha's now wrestled all the four horsewomen in hell in a cell matches so so she's done all wrestled all three of them so even though sasha doesn't necessarily have the title reign she's got some other things like going for her like that so you know, about 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 Bailey too. Like you know, you mentioned like you know when she like chopped down the uh, the inflatable arm things, and everything. If she ever does turn face again, they'd better not like decide that it's time to resurrect oh, the gimmick that she had. Oh, no. That would be that would that would be a, just like a terrible decision to like you know rewind the the clock like that. You know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> You know, it, it would be like if they turned Cena back to being like, you know, the doctor of thugonomics, like after, you know, you know, so long or whatever. But, you know, um, I think that I think when the list the music, though, <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah, yeah maybe, fun. maybe next year, maybe Sasha will be number one. And I, I'm going to say that Britt Baker will be higher than 22 next year. So I will, well, I will say she's going to be top 15 by by next year. Well, also, like you said, I mean, she was injured and not wrestling for a good portion. Um, before we talk about AEW real quick, um, like I was just like kind of like looking at the rosters and and, no. and seeing like, like who's Stop on it. what show. No, no, I'm not, <laughs> not going to run through all of it. Let me just ask <laughs> this. Because right now, like, you know, Becky's out and we don't know when or if she's coming back. We don't know when Ronda is or, you know, when or if she's coming back. We don't know when Charlotte's going to be back. Considering what we've seen from the women who are on the roster right now, and also maybe what we haven't seen from some of them, who would you like to see be the focus of the division a little bit more than maybe they are right now? Shayna. Like, who, would you like, who would you like to see get more like Shayna, like, you know, like, you know, airtime, I guess. Shayna for me. So anybody else besides her? Uh, I mean, because of Alexa Bliss's problems, I don't. I, she's always going to be one I want to see because I think she's uber talented and I think she's be- better on the mic than all of them except for Charlotte. But I think because of her concussion stuff, I don't think we're ever going to see her 
get back to that place again. So it's unfortunate because I, I really like her a lot. And I think she's that person, but I don't think she's ever going to get back there. So she's somebody who I wish that's why I said, I want them to put her in a program with Oscar because she's, she's definitely the, that, that show is struggling. When you have Lana winning a battle Royal to fight Oscar, you're running out of people clearly. So they have issues on that show. That show is struggling. The two people that are the most viable people to go after Oscar have the women's tag belts right now. So that that show is where there's more of a struggle right now. At least you have Sasha and Bailey on SmackDown, and they're probably not done yet, and we're probably going to get two more matches or whatever. That that feud's not over. So you can kind of fall back on that there. Raw is where the problem is right now because they don't really have any viable contenders for Asuka other than the women's tag team champions. Not anybody that we're taking seriously. So. Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy, Joe. It's kind of like one of those things, like, you don't, you don't want to take the tag belts off of of uh, Shayna and uh, Naya right now. They need to keep it for a while. But it's kind of like if you're not serious about Lacey Evans, if you're not serious about Natalia, um, if you're not serious about a couple of the other ones, maybe it's time to bring Rhea, Rhea or Eo. somebody else, you know, from NXT and put them on Raw. Rio would Rio would work. Rio would Rio would work. Like she is per yeah. somebody that is probably ready. She fought Charlotte in WrestleMania and had a good match. So Rio is probably somebody who's ready. So yeah. they are in a place where they could potentially. They they missed it with her. They missed it with her once. So yeah. she had she did really good at Survivor Series last year, and then I think she had visa issues or she ran into problems around WrestleMania, and I I, yeah. I don't. That's why she didn't win, but she was hot. She was hot going into WrestleMania. Maybe the no crowd thing hurt too, but Rhea was hot going into WrestleMania this year, and then something happened to take that completely away. <laughs> so, yeah, I think COVID thing losing, losing where, to where Charlotte, I would say, was one of those. Well, things. but I think she was supposed to win, though. I think she was going to win there, but then there was right after WrestleMania, people said her visa expired. And she said it didn't, but she wasn't on TV for like three or four weeks. So something clearly happened where I think they changed the plan with her. I think she was going to win, and I think they changed their mind. And I think it was because of something that happened non-wrestling potentially related, why they changed. Because she was hot, and they could have pushed her and bumped her. And I, I, I know they bring these people up to the main roster, and they usually ruin them. So not that I care, but... Fat-ass Keith Lee is the perfect example now. They've already ruined him. I'm loving every second of it. But they don't know what to do with NXT people when they bring them up. So now me and Joe have had this discussion. Do I really want Adam Cole on the main roster? Probably not. <laughs> no. They should bring Rhea and Iowa. It's going to have to happen at some point. And give the other females they have down there, you know, let them run. Let them run it and bring those two up. I think the thing with Rhea was is is because of the the COVID stuff, where like where she lives, like she wanted to keep traveling back and forth, and they were like on lockdown, so like she was able to go to Mania, but like once she returned back to her country, she wasn't <laughs> she wasn't leaving anytime soon, so yeah. she wasn't able to get that special pass to get out to come back over to the U.S. Yeah, and I actually, so I honestly, and honestly, Darth Bat, I don't have anything to weigh in because I haven't watched any wrestling 
except for like a match here or there in any significant times to say this is a lady wrestler that I'd like to, you know, a woman's wrestler that I'd like to I see mean, get pushed. Te- um, Tessa Blanchard is somebody that's viable, but she's so volatile and she now doesn't know how to keep her mouth shut. And nobody really wants to roll the dice with her. So, yeah, uh, so to answer my own question, just to you know, try to make this quick, um, like Lacey Evans, no, no more. It's not happening. No, they've they've tried no, it both it, ways. They've tried it both ways with her. They've tried it both ways with her as a heel and a face. The gimmick's dumb. Just no. Dana Brooke. No. no. I mean, okay. This having her tag with Mandy Rose right now. Okay, maybe see where that goes. That but I think good. it's I think it's pretty clear that Dana Brooke can't hold it as a singles wrestler. Um, you know, like she, she's never been, she, she's never been over or anything like that. I don't think the audience cares. No, they don't. I think for, I think for Natalia, she's unfortunately settled into like the, the veteran will plug her in when we need her kind of role. Like we're never going to put a belt on her kind of thing. Um, there's been talk about them, Vince wanting to push Peyton Royce. I'm like, I kind of like Peyton Royce. So give her a chance see where it goes. Um, I also kind of would like to see maybe Zelina Vega get a push, but I think with her, they can't really seem to figure out if they wanted to be a manager or if they wanted to be a wrestler. So, um, you know, we'll have to see. It seems like with uh, like Liv Morgan and Ruby Raya and, you know, they're just like, yeah, whatever. They're there, you know, um, I think they've maybe kind of hit that point with like Nikki Cross now, too. Um, you have to figure there's got to be a reckoning between her and Alexa at some point. But I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I I, I think that they had somebody, but she got stalked and needed to take some time off. So I think there's something there with Sonya Deville when yeah. when and if she comes back. I think there's potential there. I think she's yeah. got a huge upside. So I think they, they, they missed. Obviously, whatever time she needs is fine. I think WWE had some plans for her, and then the yeah. stalker thing happened, and... I don't like Mandy Rose. I think she, I don't think she's, Sonya to me was by far the better of the two. So I'm not really buying into Mandy Rose. I don't really care. So I I think Sonya was the, was the person with the bigger upside. So we're going to have to wait and see when, if she comes back and when, and there's definitely something there with her though, I think. Yeah. The, and the other, the other kind of X factor right now, I guess is Carmella because, Mm-hmm. She's yeah. she always seems to like it seems like she's always been fairly over with the audience to a certain extent. She is now they're now now they're repackaging her and coming back as like you know like a super heel it seems. Um, they just haven't uh, done anything with her yet, so. <laughs> well, here, well here's well here's the thing, Sasha and Bailey. That's going to run its course, I think, pretty soon. To be honest, like you said, I mean they probably still have to have another match or two. The only problem is it's like. Where do you go from a Hell in a Cell match? But it's just going to yeah. run its course. And I think that maybe since they're going to have Sasha as a face, which is kind of weird when you come right down to it, because her character is a heel character. It is character. weird. It is weird. She's like um, a tweener. At best, yeah. she's a tweener. So Yeah, but so, so maybe they'll have Carmella be the one to uh, go after Sasha then when she's done with Bailey. Um, but they have to kind of put her into a program with somebody else, I think, first before that, just to get her back in the ring. Because when you're coming down to it, Carmella's never really been a wrestler all the time. So, uh, you know, she because she was really you know, well, she I know she valeted for Enzo and Cass in NXT, not really around the main roster, but it 
it's always just kind of felt like she's found more ways to not wrestle than to actually wrestle. So, yeah, yeah we'll All right. And so... obviously, and obviously Tessa Blanchard, like you said, AJ, I'm sorry, Jeremy. Um, she would probably be great for the WWE women's division right now, but I, I'd be very surprised if she ever works for the company right. because like you said, she's just, she's, she's, she's got too much of a reputation. If, if she went anywhere, it would be the other place because her dad's there and you would think her, her father could rein her in to some degree. So like to me, if she's going to go anywhere, you would think AEW might say, okay, we'll take a try with her because her dad's here and he can maybe, if she starts acting up, he can, you know, spank her in the corner and tell her to behave or whatever. So, <laughs> per se. Daddy's going to spank you. All right, I mean, Sounds I, very appropriate. I do, I, I do want to get your guys' thoughts on AEW's women's division, but before we do that, Jeremy, <clears throat> do you have something to say? Yeah, I was actually going to say we should talk about real quick yeah. AEW's women's division, and then okay. Mount Rushmore. Their, div- okay. their division is, isn't very good. <laughs> All right, so here's here's my perceptions of AEW's women's division from somebody who only ever watches it very occasionally. Um, they made it very very hard for me to take their women's division seriously from day one. And by day one, I mean when Dynamite debuted. When I'm watching yeah. the match, I don't remember, I don't remember who was in who the opponent Reho. was. That's what I'm talking about. I don't remember who she was wrestling. Nyla. Wasn't Isla that one that yeah. first yep. night? Okay. Yep. The man so beast. Yeah. Well, again, Nyla Rose, I think, could could be for AEW's women's division. Again, like what we said. Nia like, Jax. Well, exactly. Like an awesome Kong and Bold Nakano have been in the past. Except um, she used to be a dude. Well, let's not go there. Let's <laughs> just, just take it as it is. Oh, she is? But Yeah. She oh, I did not know that. See, oh, now well, I said something are. important, Pat. So, oh, yes, she is. okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, what what I'm saying is let's let's treat her as a woman. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. But I just anyway. figured Jeremy may not know that, so I figured I'd throw that tidbit out there for Jeremy to process. And I did not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, you learn something new every time on this podcast. That's right. <laughs> Even us. He's going to go look at that towel with Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose. He's going to go get that towel uh, with those sexy beasts on it. (laughs) All right. So, thank you. AEW just made it very hard for me to take their women's division seriously from the start because in that match, AR says about Riho, she's been a professional wrestler since she was age nine. (laughs) I swear to God, when I heard him say that, I picked up my remote and rewound it to make sure that I heard him say nine wow. and not 19. JR is and, senile and fucks up on every show. So No, no, but no. That's the gimmick. <laughs> that's that's her story. I looked it up then, and they're saying that, oh, yeah, she's been a professional wrestler since she was nine. And I just went, no, no, no. I'm sorry, no. You cannot be a professional. You cannot be a professional anything at, at age nine. nine, unless it's a professional getting on your parents' nerves because you're a nine-year-old kid, and that's the only thing you could be a professional at. Or a professional so, ass kisser, kissing your teacher's ass. Yeah, there you, you go. Could be a prodigy at that age. She was not. That's not a professional. Though. <laughs> yeah, I There's between a being a prodigy and a professional. Anyways. <laughs> True. So that just made it very hard for me to take AEW's women's division seriously. And then uh, when I was watching a show 
a few months later. And um, oh, shit, I, I forget her name now. She's the one who's been out injured. And so Statlander. There we go. Uh, were they trying to tell me that her gimmick is that she's from outer space? That yeah. is one hundred percent true. She's used that in the indie scene as well. Okay, but once again, how the fuck am I supposed to take this shit seriously? <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get old Jim Cornette here, but that's just shit that, like, when I hear it, my brain goes, nope, nope, no. Nope, I mean, just, just no, no. So in no. a in a four way tag team match, Nyla, Statlander, and Penelope managed to hurt Britt Baker. So your best person that you have. They hurt her because they yeah. fucked up a spot and put your best person out for months because that that sums up their women's division and that that one night summed up their women's division and I, yeah. I Joe Mediocre. I believe I believe Joe that Statlander elsewhere is probably good I have not seen anything out of her in AEW yet but I, I Joe watches wrestling and I trust Joe's opinion so she probably is decent I don't know if she's ever they don't have any chemistry. None of these women have chemistry with each other. You can tell none of them do. Like, Sheeta and Big Swole just wrestled last, and that was terrible because Big Swole is garbage. I don't think Sheeta is terrible. I just don't like her. But they have no chemistry. None of them have chemistry with each other. I don't know what's going on backstage with any of them, but you can tell.
but for some reason I've just never really like connected with her. I, I don't know. That's that may be that may be you're in the same place with her that I probably am with Becky. So yeah, I also think it's just not having seen enough of her because of just not watching enough right now. Yeah. But I mean, you're you're right. I've watched all of them their whole basically their whole NXT career. I watched all of these four women. So I was me and Joe were watching that shit early. So we've seen them grow into the performers they are now. So All right, so that leaves just me, and I'm going to pick an oldie but goodie. Not going too old, though, but I'm going to go with Mickey James. Damn it, I thought you were going to pick Mae Young. Oh, that would have been really old. <laughs> <laughs> Though she did give birth to a hand, which was kind and of And she did weird. T- show her boobs on TV once, too. Which that could never show and never... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got so, nothing. So, Never mind. Supposedly, um, <laughs> supposedly that was some kind of prosthetic. It wasn't her actual boobs, but uh, I didn't pay enough that's... attention. So no, no, I, I I've never actually seen that segment. I just read that. I'm... <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, this is Jeremy's time. So sorry. Jeremy, go ahead. Yes. So Mickey James is definitely mine. Um, you know, I just kind of look at when she came in, the feud that she had with Trish. Being like Trish's like stalker, number one fan. I thought that was a pretty cool angle to get them to feud. Uh, it was. I almost felt like it was like one of the most original feuds that I can think of. It wasn't like a rehash story that I can that I know of. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And then when Trish left, she was kind of one the one that was left to hold the candle for WWE, you know. And was she the best at it? Not necessarily, but was she able to keep things kind of going? Yes. When you have to, when you lose somebody like Trisha and you, know, you lose somebody like Lita, and then you 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 know somebody's got to step up, and I think she stepped up pretty well. And you know I've always liked her characters. I've never disliked her characters. I've always thought she was pretty decent on the mic. I liked her when she was in TNA. I thought she was really good in TNA. And then when TNA kind of went, well, I don't want to say off the air, but was it when it was no longer on a major network and you couldn't find it unless you had like 1,700 channels of television. Um, and then she came back to WWE. I don't want to say her character was great in WWE because I think they kind of just like, well, she's a veteran and we want to bring her back. She's been but, she's been very consistent. She's been very right. consistently good over a long period of time. Right. So yeah. she was still good. They just that was like the one period of her gimmicks that I was just like, you know what? They could do so much more with her. They don't have to, you know, make her do what she's doing. She could be more. So, but just over her longevity, I think she's done very, very well. And like I said, I just always liked her and, you know, and, uh, she's, 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 it's too bad. I could, it's too bad. I couldn't get, you know, that, uh, you know, those things never worked out for us, you know, she's she's that person now that when she's around because i think she's that established veteran type person that they think can help because she's been so good consistently for so long she's there to help other people i think i think at this point she's mainly there to help other people get over and she's gonna end up training backstage or like i can see that her ending up in that kind of scenario so yeah yeah true yeah. All right, and, so... and, and, and like you said, she had a, a kind of a thankless job, like you said. And I kind of mentioned earlier, too, that when Trish and Lita left, that she was I think she was the top babyface woman left on the roster at that point. Mm-hmm. And she'd only even been with the company, I think, maybe it's like a year and a half at that point. And she's and they're basically saying, like, hey, we need you to carry this division now because Trish and Lita are gone. It's like she didn't sign up for that. She didn't ask for that, you know, but it's like, hey, it's it's forced upon you. And I think that, yeah, she suffers in comparison from that. It's like, 
it's like the person who replaces the legend. You know, you could be really, really good, but you're probably never going to be remembered as well as the legend. So, so the Armand Rushmore of favorite female wrestlers is Trish Stratus, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, and Mickey James. A very good, yeah, that's uh, Mount that's Rushmore. A good, so, that's a good. That's a that's a pretty good one that you really even could make a case for best women's wrestling type thing. There's a pretty good case you could make even for this one for that. Even though we weren't trying yeah. for that, we kind of ended up there anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah so like if you, if, you had, if you had that foursome as a Survivor Series team, you know, you'd be really hard-pressed to come up with a team that could compete with it. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. So very good uh, Mount Rushmore, and that does lead us to the end of our show. We're sad to go, but uh, we need to go. We can't keep you guys listening forever, or you just tune us out anyways. So uh, we do want to thank everybody for watching and listening, no matter where you're catching this and whatever platform you are catching it. We do appreciate you guys tuning in and watching to the end, staying tuned to the Mount Rushmore. Uh, we just greatly appreciate it because, you know, it's fun for us, so we hope it's fun for you guys to listen to us banter and bicker and, and go back and forth. Um, so... We I don't know what our topic is for next yeah, we, week. We, we, we I don't, don't think yet. we ever talked we about an all. So yeah, I don't I don't think we've yeah I don't think we've picked one. We're gonna yet. figure that so, out in about five minutes. So we'll unknown have regions to, of the unknown regions. So <laughs> we're gonna go so, to parts unknown looking for the ultimate warrior. So you're gonna have to tune Ooh. in next week. Ooh, I, I just I just out. I just I just thought of a possible topic, but we'll we'll have to okay. talk about it afterward. I can't mention it now. So all right, so you will have to tune in next week to find out what in the hell we are gonna talk about because we even we don't know at this point in time. So with that, we're gonna say good morning, good afternoon, good night, and we'll see you on the next episode. Hasta la vista. <laughs>